1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and perhaps the unbelievable New England zone Van Helsink. With me, my co host, all the way from East Bridgewater, the queen of East Bridgewater's most haunted, the blonde bombshell herself, Anne Wrongway Kerrigan.
3: Well, good evening.
1: Hey, what's oh up? My
3: God, did you not eat your Wheaties this morning? You don't have any energy. What's up?
1: I got migraine.
3: Oh, I'm
1: sorry. I'll talk quietly. No, it's not. It's not that. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. You know, yeah. like normal people get headaches. They get headaches. I don't get headaches. Yeah. I get these lights, yep. and I go oh. blind.
3: Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. My mother,
1: my mother said I would go blind, but that's another story. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, we're not going down that road.
1: We're not, we're not going, going down, road. down any nope, road. Nope,
3: nope, nope, nope. Well, so other than what's the than migraine? Go ahead, go ahead. Other than migraine. How yes. are you then? Uh, I eh. got a
1: new I got a new box spring and mattress.
3: <gasps> That's awesome.
1: Yep. Brings like, a whole new meaning to hump day.
3: Because better.
1: <laughs> Today is Wednesday, right?
3: Woohoo. Isn't
1: that what they call the middle of the yep. week?
3: That is that is Hump Day. Yep,
1: my yep. husband every
3: week on Facebook. He's like, oh, Happy Hump Day. Uh, See, there you go. Yeah, he yeah. You know, sometimes he misses it, and people remind him.
1: <laughs> remind him to what is with Facebook, anyways? It's getting nuts on Facebook.
3: It's getting nuts. Why? What's going yeah.
1: on? I don't know. It's, Something it's just so weird. I, I don't understand Facebook.
3: No, I no. I understand. Facebook very well, and we're up to 136 likes on our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation page. Woohoo!
1: I think some of them are lying, though. I don't think they really like us. You don't
3: think they really like us? No. no. Well,
1: they might Aww. like you, but you know. All right, they like me. Yeah. Okay. And I, I'm kind of like liked liked by. Uh, uh, I don't know. Ah, whatever. Association.
3: <laughs> Come on. I'm just happy, and I'd like to thank everybody who likes us on Facebook. We appreciate your support and your comments. And if you haven't,
1: gone on to our yep. Facebook page, which is Ghost Chronicles. What is it? Ghost Chronicles Ghost, Next Generation.
3: Yes, Ghost Chronicles-Next Generation
1: and you can go on there and like us and you'll get the up to date mm-hmm. stuff we have the schedule yep. you can you, people don't know that but the, the schedule for the like the month ahead of time because I've gotten really really been a really good boy and started booking people way out in advance
3: you really you have you really buckled down
1: yeah, and you can oh. you can actually go into the discussion section on our Like page, and you can see the, the month's uh, schedule and, and the associated uh, websites with it as well, which is kind of cool, too, because you say, you know, that guy I had on the sh- he had a show, what the heck was his website? You can actually mm-hmm. go on our page and check it out. Mm-hmm. So go to our page, like it. Uh, you know, you can lie. You don't have to really <laughs> like it. And uh, so, anyway, yeah. Um how how old, how old are you gonna live to, Ann?
3: I have no idea.
1: Okay, you don't. How know would that? I know that? I don't know. I, some people know. Because <laughs> I, I I just found this article and I found it fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a little old. It comes from 1987. But I don't, were you even born in 1987?
3: I don't know. Mm, I might have been. Mm, anyway. Maybe.
1: <laughs> so, ac- according to uh, Weekly World News, right, this guy, Jared Jour Jared Dejour. why do I get, why can't I get, like, Bill Smith or something? Yeah, I really? Names I can't produce. Yeah, I can't, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Anyways, good old uh, Jared Jour may not have been, may not have looked a day over 40, but the French mercenary, who recently died in Bolivian hospital may have been more than 800 years old. That's wow. Pretty well. Jared survived the Crusades, the American Civil War, World War One, World War Two, Korean, and most recently, of course, it's back in '87, the battle with the Contras in Nicaragua. Uh, he impressed his physicians <laughs> so much that they concluded his death was probably the biggest disappointment in medical history. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The scientific explanation for Jared's longevity may have been given to the biological mechanism that controlled his aging that went haywire. Oh. So I guess old soldiers don't die. They just fade away. I guess well, that's not <laughs> <Right>. true. 800 <laughs> years, I don't know about that.
3: E- yeah, that's a lot of Wheaties. I, I don't you know, know. Really? You know,
1: 800. I, I read some of this. Thing, you know, it's in print, so it must be true. But, uh, you know, I, I get to wonder, wonder after a while. I
3: know. I, so, well, you know.
1: <laughs> so what's happened with you before we I, – I know we do have a guest on the line. I just noticed he's on there air doing his thing.
3: Oh. Good. Holding. He's holding on.
1: He's holding for me. Well, let's see. <laughs> What's on? I,
3: um, I did a nice new cemetery tripping for everybody, and we'll have to remember to play it tonight. Right? Oh, that's like a hint. I already... Right. It's a really yeah. broad hint. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Over the weekend, I went to an awesome concert in Connecticut, and I saw Kenny Chesney and Uncle Cracker. and uh, Kenny
1: Chesney.
3: Knee, why are you stuttering? is he a babe? yeah nah. he's hot nah,
1: that's what I think he's you'd. bald though, so
3: Well, huh. <laughs> oh
1: well, fine, be that way,
3: nothing personal, Ron, I like guys with hair on the top of their head <laughs>
1: well, I'm not bald, see that's the thing you know, like I said I want to shave some hair. my yeah, you I, I want to shave my head right but don't like, she? my wife won't let me. She says, uh-uh, uh-uh. All right, yeah, good. She's the boss. So that that's yeah. the deal. I mean, I've definitely, you know, the uh, the cement's starting to come through. There's no doubt about it, but, uh, it. It's so weird because for his little hair, it's so weird, too, because, like, when I wake up in the morning, I'll stands straight up like like uh, Albert Einstein. It's so freaking <laughs> strange.
3: That's funny. Oh, Yeah. Oh, well, I'm we saw laugh Billy.
1: Curring-
3: yep, Billy Carrington was there too, and he has lots of hair on the top of his head. And he's kind so there of you so. Go. Yeah,
1: so there you go. Yeah,
3: there you go. a little bit of everything I liked. Here,
1: yeah. <laughs> here in, in the back too.
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. I can't personally, you know, vouch for those guys, but maybe my husband.
1: Y- your husband can vouch for. Never no, mind. I, I want can him to get vouch there. for
3: my husband's back.
1: Oh, I thought you were thinking. I thought your husband was. You know, you'd finally turned him or something. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. Anyways, we all
3: right. So let's we'll stop engrossing out the audience and uh, whatever.
1: Uh, oh, we do, have, cool. we do have. We do have. We do have a announcement to make. Yes. And that is, we did put a poll up on uh, our page, our okay. Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, mm-hmm. and we asked people if they wanted to get invitations to the show. And I think uh, it's pretty most people in the answer said no and so i think yeah. that's not going to happen because i get them and they're like irritating so
3: yeah i think they're irritating too and i, I think generally apparently most of the people who responded to our uh, our little poll got irritated by it too so
1: it it's fine we won't do no, that no that's what you I mean that's what yeah. we're here for yeah. we're here for you yeah right
3: right <laughs> Is that who we're here for, really? Yeah,
1: absolutely. What do you think I rant and rave every beginning of the show? Anyways, (laughs) I guess it's been on here for nine minutes and 13 seconds, and that's outrageous. So I feel really bad for Clint. This is, well, I don't know. Is he Clint or is he Swami Pancha? Why do I get these names? Desi, whatever. Oh, thank you. So, Clint, Clint. are you with us now? I've been here. I'm here. We we, we really want, (laughs) want to apologize. I want to apologize for Ian's ravings otherwise uh, we would i, I would that had way
0: g- sometimes
1: yeah she's al- she's wild she's always been that way <laughs>
3: hey you know whatever you would sign that name yourself. to me it doesn't yeah. mean that i agree with it
1: <laughs> <laughs> well good evening good hi evening. and and we are talking with Clint Ma she that's a good name i can pronounce clint Marsh, no Swami <laughs> Panchadasi or whatever the hell it is uh, said so it. <laughs> yeah, what does it, What? What?
3: You just said it right.
1: Whatever. <laughs> so, anyways, Clint, you have rewritten a book. I guess that's how you say it. Do your is it rewritten a book or re? I don't know. What not you well, explain I mean, to me what you've yeah. done? I-
0: <laughs> Thank you. Swami Panchadasi's Clairvoyance and Occult Powers is a classic uh, book for learning to see beyond the veil, you might say. And and it's got lots of great exercises in it. It's been around since 1916, and it's oh never God. been out of print. So
1: it's, it's, it's almost as long as me. It's almost as <laughs> long as <laughs> me. Nearly. Yeah.
3: It's, it's, it's rivaling, uh, uh, Mike, <laughs> I mean, uh, Ron.
0: <laughs> so we didn't change anything because we didn't really have to. This book has always been a perfect introduction to the other worlds, the sixth sense, ghosts, and, and astral travel, all these things that people are so curious about. It is a cool book. It is very cool. And I've been
3: enjoying it. I've been um, reading it this week. Over the last uh, few days, I'm am not done with it yet. I have to admit, but it's it's uh, neat. I'm enjoying it.
1: So, I mean, how did you get connected to this this book? I mean, this is like you said, goes back to the early 1900s. So, what made Clint Marsh get involved with the Swami Jadazis. <laughs> it's a long story,
0: ghost story. I uh, I was. Brought on for this project uh, just over a year ago. And as soon as uh, I I went into Wiser Books, and they said, Well, what's your next project, Clint? And I gave them a few ideas. And they said, I want to do this too. And they handed me this this copy of Clairvoyance and Occult Powers. And I said, Do I know this book? And uh, and they said, We want you to read it, maybe reintroduce it to a new generation of psychics. And uh, I said, Sure. So I, I brought it home. And I started reading it here at uh, Bonita Hollow, my little headquarters, and I've got all my books here. And uh, and I said to myself after just half a minute, I said, oh, I know this guy. This is Swami Panchadasi and his pal William Walker Atkinson, and I've got some other books right here. I had I had not seen these guys or heard from these guys or checked in with these guys for about 10 years when I was first starting to write the Mentalist Handbook, which is a book of mine that I wrote and came out about two years ago, and that was about all these same ideas, astral travel and so forth. Now, uh, those booklets, because these were all, originally all these essays were put out in little books or pamphlets. Those were inspirations to me in the 90s for my writing, and really when it started, though, for me was around 1980. When I was six years old, and I was growing up in this house out in the woods in Iowa, and my parents had bought the house from previous owners. It was a widow, actually. And when she left the house, she left an entire occult library in that house. And so... These were some of the first books that I ever got to play around with and to read, and of course look at the pictures because who doesn't like great old woodcuts and engravings and pictures from the Egyptian Book of the Dead? Well,
1: that's right. I buy magazines just to look at the pictures.
0: <laughs> They're amazing, right? So no Dick and Jane's for me, just uh, me and the Swami forever. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a lifelong study, and uh, and it's been really fun. Uh, always fun to, for me to go back to these old books, these previous generation resources, and see, wow, it's not changed much. All this instruction, and and people are still asking the same questions, and they want to try the same things to get in touch with the, the other side. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and we actually have a, a question from the chat room. We do. <laughs> right on top of that Ann, aren't you? <laughs> I see
3: how do you spell swami okay wait a minute, wait, minute. keep scroll going scroll backwards
1: yeah uh, no No.
3: forward no forward
1: yes what is a swami is that a witch doctor I'll, I'll oh. get it
3: <laughs> okay
1: what is a swami what is a swami okay yes
0: a swami is uh, it's a wise man or a, uh, a teacher and they're from India and this is uh What's interesting about this character, the Swami, and it's S W A M I. I'm reading it right off the cover here. <laughs> <That> <laughs> Panchadasi helps, <doesn't> it? <laughs> is a little bit longer, uh, but if you could get that far, you're on the right track. Uh, Swami Panchadasi, uh, according to Atkinson, who was his original publisher, this is William Walker Atkinson, uh, the Swami is a teacher, was a teacher from. India, and uh, he wanted to bring all these Hindu mysticism teachings to the West, to America. Uh, You know, I've just got to say that the most interesting person on the cover of that book is not the Swami. Of course, it's not me either. It's William Walker Atkinson. This guy, you could write books about him just his whole life. He's an incredible character. Uh, he started out, he's the son of a grocer. That's not very exciting. And he didn't no, it know isn't. either. <laughs> but he said, I need to get something more exciting going in my life. He he decided to become a high-powered lawyer, high-powered businessman in Baltimore, where he grew up, and he was really successful with that. And he got married And we're not sure what it was that led to the breakdown, if it was either of those things in his life, but around his late 20s, he had a real breakdown, and nothing could cure him. Uh, The doctors just couldn't help him. He wasn't finding anything would work, but he found some writings on something called mental science, and this is the idea that thoughts and your mind are the most powerful thing that you've got, and... Through your thoughts and your mind, you can make anything happen and, and including healing and what he was able to do through reading mental science, applying these ideas of think your way to better health he was he was able to heal himself and uh, and become a whole person mentally and physically again, so he kind of devoted his life to this mental science and this teaching after that, and he went to Chicago for the uh, the World's Columbian Exposition in 1893. And it was there that he met one of these Indian masters, these gurus that were coming over from India to talk to people about their teachings. Mm-hmm. This man was named
1: Baba Bharata.
0: I can spell that for you later, too. <laughs> okay, the, we'll, we'll,
1: we'll get that one. So Baba
0: and Atkinson hit it off immediately. these guys said i 'm into mental science you 're into mental science. We need to collaborate and Atkinson was very excited because he thought well here's someone because they 're from far away they know they know what uh, what to do to really harness this mental science so he ended up the Atkinson and his family ended up moving from Baltimore to Chicago where He kept his law practice, but he really used his business sense to start publishing all these books on mental science, mind over matter, and so forth. And he worked together with Baba Bharata, and uh, they brought out a whole line of really best selling books. Atkinson wrote some himself, too. But the most interesting thing is years later, people came to realize that Baba Bharata didn't exist.
1: Hmm. Oh, you're kidding me.
0: Was it a pen name?
1: Oh, I the get
0: only it. person in the room was William Walker Atkinson, yep I
3: thought that was cool when i when I was reading uh your introduction, I was like, "Oh my God! <laughs> I guess that' part, and I was like, "Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really, really fascinating, you know, so you, here's an example of mind over
1: matter these These yeah. guys are made out of thin air,
3: right. Right. I
1: mean, yes. Yeah. Or astral those, projection. It, they actually could have been someone else who wasn't really there, but right. was probably a thought in someone's mind who astral projected, who, whatever, moving right along. <laughs> <But> <laughs> what I are mean, you talking about?
0: <laughs>
3: in, in those days, I mean, um, you know, in those days, did they use such a thing as a pseudonym? Or, like, did he really think, you know, given his history, you know, did he really think that these people were real? Do you kind of wonder?
0: I don't think he thought he was channeling anyone Mm -hmm. when he was writing these. I, I think he was just being very canny when it came to sales. And uh, uh-huh. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't you know, look right. down on him or his work for that. I just think yeah. he thought, well, this is marketing and this is uh, a sure. way to get right. people interested in this message. And, right. you know, Atkinson sold just as many books under his own name. So it's right. kind of hard to say, you know, what and, his real motives were, but I don't think he was embarrassed to write about this or, or trying to hide it at all.
3: And he was a business, you know, first and for- foremost, he was a businessman
0: hmm Right. Mm-hmm. So he so, could look at something and really say, Well, here's how it would sell.
3: Right, right. And it
0: right. worked. I mean we're we're talking about it today. It's almost a hundred years later.
3: That's amazing. It just amazes me. And and you know, I it was like, how many levels deep are we? Like one, two, three, four. Right? He he had like four other names. The other one was uh Swami Bhakta Vishita,
0: right? He's so, not, yeah, the the Swami Vachita sells right. very well. <laughs> right, so that's a four, that's four, you know. That's four. Yeah, four names that he's
3: plus five, including his own.
0: Right. What was so. really fun was to just go to the library, go online, look everywhere I could, and make this bibliography that I put in at the back of the book, because okay. he came up with all of these works. And yes, there, there's the Swami Panchadasi. We've got Swami Vachita. Yogi Ramacharaka, and uh, Theodore (laughs) Sheldon, (laughs) best-selling author of Vim Culture, Theodore Sheldon. So they're uh, they're very varied, you could say. They published magazines together out of their office in Chicago there. And, you know, I can only imagine and hope that Mrs. William Walker Atkinson was... (laughs) Amused, by all of this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that he was bringing on the the metaphysical right. bacon, so I if, think it was yeah. all good
3: if he was keeping her in the custom to which she was accustomed. <laughs>
0: I'm sure accustomed. that
3: she didn't mind which name he used. Oh,
0: yeah, well, I, for my part, I've got to give it to anyone who wants to be with me, and I'm in a great relationship, and <laughs> <laughs> some days you just have to say thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's funny. But anyway, I, I know you, you wrote the Mentalist Handbook as well. Yes. Okay, I don't know how we threw that in there, but I just did. So, <laughs> Thank is, you. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's kind of related because, I mean, if, for instance, Houdini uh, dealt with a lot of uh, mediums. In fact, he spent a good portion of his life trying to prove that they were fakes because they were basically mentalists in a way a magician. Is I getting that wrong? Uh, is a mentalist a magician or not? The
0: word is used for different
1: types of activity or different types of people.
0: I liked the word, the mentalist's handbook. I like the phrase, the mentalist's mm-hmm. handbook, for my book because it really is about mind over matter. And just okay. like Atkinson was dealing with thoughts having prominence. Uh, but but a sleight of hand magician can also be called a mentalist. And it's a right.
1: completely different thing. So you, you are using it on the pure uh, scientific, end, I guess you would say, whereas it is mind over matter. And it's interesting that you, you talk about the, the Swami and, and making things uh, occur because of your mind. Isn't that what the, the cigarette is and uh, that that whole new genre now? Isn't that the same thing where you, well, yeah, you attract, but you are because you're thinking that way. It's not a new genre,
0: and that's right. what's so surprising uh, every time someone digs a little bit deeper in this. Uh, if you're talking about the law of attraction, you know, right, like, right, in fact, right. like. Right. Uh, the book The Secret, I think, is the most uh, popular example in recent history of a book that just keeps selling and selling. But what... Atkinson was doing back at the turn of the century was he was he was really tapping into something that you could say the alchemists were into in the in the middle ages really Ma- magic is something that's okay. always been with humanity and so here's here's a man who's resurrecting that so to speak and bringing it back repackaging it for the new audience the new generation in his day in atkinson's day the real big push was new technology new communications and these are these are things that we're dealing with today too that's what makes it really interesting but every time these ideas of your mind, can, your ideas can bring you what you want, it can always be repackaged into something new. And so you do see those books. And in the 30s and, and on, there was the prosperity consciousness movement. And uh, there we had How to Win Friends and Influence People, mm-hmm. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Play uh, to the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So... All these books are talking about the same thing. you believe something, believe it strongly, work toward it, it's going to come to pass.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I, I think that you see that, like, throughout this book. I'm probably maybe halfway through it. But, I mean, it's all about, you know, if you think it, you can achieve it, and that's, that's uh, you hear, have heard that forever, you sure. know, and, the, and, and he says it, Atkinson has it in Because well, it sure.
1: Atkinson was really ahead of his time, so much ahead of his time that mm. it's really the same as as Clint mentioned, it's really the this, the thing the same as it is now, just repackaged. Right. As back, that's why this book is is a hundred years old, yet it's still pertinent to our time. Right.
3: And I think he, you know in the book, I mean he draws a lot of analogy between like you know the telegraph and and the telephone et cetera, whatever about which, them. you know yeah, but I mean he does that the same analogies you know in his day that you know we're we're doing today and and it's it's that same thought process, i think
0: it's it's really. <laughs> It's fascinating to see, see it now, because you guys were talking about Facebook just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. And there's an example of... You were listening. You I like
1: call. that.
0: <laughs> 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 were you listening to what I was saying? All <laughs> the <time. laughs> Well, the, um, the Internet's really
1: amazing. Well, actually, Let's... you know what? You're going to have to hold that, doc, because we ah. have to we take a break. The coffee, this half hour just blew by. I think it was the end. But anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. We'll be right back with Clint Mosh, right after the following messages on TojiNet, Ghost Channel, and beyond.
2: Welcome to TojiNet, radio with a cutting edge. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Brown. Renowned and gifted psychic medium, Sylvia Rossi, explores the mysteries of this life, the afterlife, and the unseen world that surrounds us all in the show called Make Contact with Sylvia Rossi, Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central here on Toginet. Sylvia Rossi with her special guests and other fellow psychics invite you to call in and make contact with the world beyond and get answers to your questions. Psychic medium Sylvia Rossi has been sharing her gift professionally for the last 17 years. Sylvia has made it her mission to help individuals and families understand their eternal connection to loved ones that have passed on, bringing relief and comfort to countless souls who have been touched by her gift. She's had the privilege of meeting and working with many psychologists who continue to recommend their clients to her when conventional methods have failed. Now it's your turn to make contact with host and psychic medium Sylvia Rossi. Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central, on toginet.com.
3: And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with our special guest this evening, Clint Marsh. And we're talking about Swami Panchadasi's clairvoyance and occult powers.
1: Doo-doo-doo. It's easy for you to say. <laughs> yes, it is. If anybody wants, uh, by the way, if they have a message for Clint or uh, Swami Basadati or whatever his name is, or Ann or myself, they can certainly uh, put us into the chat room, the Jojanet chat room, or you can go to the Facebook page and ask it there. Or you can call in at 877-864-4869. That's 877-864-4869. And I believe just before the break we interrupted – well, actually, I interrupted Clint right in the middle of a sentence. Do you remember you saying... Clint, you with us? Where
0: was I? Where were you? Where am I? Yeah, we were talking about technology, and, and each time really, over the last few hundred years uh, that there's been a revival in interest of psychic powers and so forth. Uh, it's, I think it seems to be around these times of technological plateaus. Uh, there, was, there was a spiritualism revival or spiritualism movement that was really big in America in the mid-1800s. And that came up all the way through the end of that century. And to me, you could really just draw parallels between the developing industrial revolution and this interest. And you know, People were feeling displaced. Life was changing both in the cities and in the rural areas. And I think people wanted a connection to something more spiritual. If you can use that term really broadly. And so they became more interested in this. People would have seances in their homes. They'd talk to ghosts, and uh, they're interested in other kinds of communication than, uh, than what you could get, even through these new technologies, which, you know, we're on the telephone now. This is going out over the radio. It's uh, right. just amazing how we can reach people where we could never do that before. It's very much like telepathy or these other forms of psychic ability, but uh, what is it?
1: It's true. Mm -hmm. No. Go ahead. No, I'm waiting for you.
3: (laughs) All right. Should I ask? We have a question from the chat room. There you go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Clint, uh, Mike would like to know if you have heard of Sai, S-A-I,
0: Baba. Sai, Baba. No, I'm sorry. I don't believe I have. I don't think it's an Atkinson alter ego.
1: Okay. It doesn't mean that
0: I wouldn't if it were. <laughs> I think it's a
1: real person,
0: he or a semi-real something about, real person.
1: Yeah,
3: he said okay. something about supposed to have ash, fragrant ash appear from his hand way more oh. than it could possibly hold. So
1: What, the ash of his hand?
3: It, more ash than he could hold in one hand.
0: It was coming from somewhere into his hand.
3: was coming from, uh, the ash oh. was coming
1: from So it was hand. being transported I apparently. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard from him either. Starship Enterprise or something. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. We don't know the guy. Sorry, Mike. Okay. Too bad. Sorry, Mike. Sorry. Um,
3: now I have a question and because I was actually at work today talking about um, this book with my coworker Russ. And we were talking about astral projection and deja vu and do you think I and I'd like to get other you know your opinion on this? Is déjà vu like a form of astral projection where you feel mm. like you've been there before?
0: Mm. That's interesting. I've never I've never drawn a, a line or thought to compare the two of those. What uh, the first thing I say in the introduction to clairvoyance and called powers is that that I believe less and less in coincidence. The more I study this, uh, the less I I think that there's such a thing as coincidence. So when we're experiencing deja vu, you think, oh, I've been here before. What are the chances of me thinking of this or thinking of you and the phone rings and so forth? Uh, I think that what we're experiencing or... What we're experiencing is being closer in touch with reality, everyday life. And it's strange to say when we're talking about something that a lot of people think is removed from everyday life, but, but these coincidences really, you notice them more and you understand them a little bit more the more you study the sixth
1: sense and, and different aspects of psychic study. Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, actually, in uh, Ghost Chronicles International, we had uh, parapsychologist uh, Cal Cooper on, and he's doing uh, research into phone calls from the dead. And there are many, many instances where people you know be thinking of someone and they call. But not only that, there'll be instances where people will think of somebody. I got to call them and call them, and that call actually gets made, even though the person is not even cognizant of it. In other words, the thought. Wow really create it. So, I mean, there's so much power of the mind we really don't know and don't understand.
3: Now, the example that Russ gave me that got us onto the whole astral projection deja vu thing was he was stationed over in Honduras when um, he was in the service and he was walking down a street in Honduras and it's like, you know, it's mud huts, it's, it's, it's like no place he had ever been before and he said he had a dream as a child of seeing this exact place and as an adult remembered having that dream. And he's like, I know I've been here before, and, I've had, and I had that dream. So, you know, is it possible that as a child he astral projected to some place that
0: he was going to be in the future? Or did he go through time? At that time, too. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. um, I thought it was really interesting. This idea of clairvoyance, and and I'm sure that your listeners understand that word for what it is, clear vision, really see things as they are. It can be applied to the present time. Uh, You can see things that are happening at a distant place, or you can perhaps hear thoughts or see things that you wouldn't normally be able to sense that are existing right now there's also clairvoyance of the past, where you can perhaps hold an object and tell something about its past. And there's also clairvoyance of the future, where uh, you are looking into the future. Maybe it's even possible to go there. And that's astral projection, sending your personality, yourself, as it were, to that. There's also place, psychic ability.
1: That's, you're talking psychic abilities as well, right? And that you can see the future. Sure. Clairvoyance
0: uh, of the future, as Atkinson talks about it, it could be uh, something like a crystal ball, right? Uh, There's a great, beautiful chapter in this book that gives you step-by-step instructions in how to use a crystal ball, and you just think, well... Here it is. I've been looking for this. You see the gypsy on TV, were at the at the fair, and you wonder, well, how's that done? And, and uh, it's just really wonderful. And what I like most about Swami Panchadasi, William Walker Atkinson, any of these books that Atkinson was putting out, is just this encouragement that he gives everybody. This is not for the elite. This is for anyone who's interested in learning more about the mind. And he's always. Ends his chapters with these encouraging remarks and wishes that people will do good with the work and uh, and also just try. You know, there's really nothing more to it than to just calm down, try these things, and uh, see for yourself.
3: Right, and have an open mind. I saw that. Mm -hmm. I read a lot in the book. You know, open your mind, have an open mind, and don't think that you can't. Yeah. So that's we have. um, Speaking, we have another um, chat room. Question about the akashic record. Oh
1: yeah, yeah.
3: Familiar with that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Is
0: is, is that the question?
3: Well, it's. uh, He said, "Ask him about the akashic record. Is that where the info comes from?" Uh,
0: Yeah, Panchadasi is is very eloquent about the akashic record in the book. Uh, You. Go to this place. I write about it in the Mentalist Handbook too. It, it, as far as my understanding is of this, it's it's something that's a little advanced. Uh, I don't think that anybody's going to just blink there and uh, mm-hmm. and find themselves in in the record right away. But what it is is essentially the Library of Congress of all space and time. <laughs> right. Great, great. And I'm I'm. Yeah, you think of Doctor Who, maybe. I'm sure he could go there if he wanted to. But the Akashic Record, is uh, it's a recording. Uh, it, Atkinson thinks it's a visual recording of everything that's ever happened and everything that will happen. And what he compares it to is a film reel in a movie theater. And if you uh, if you are the psychic or the mentalist who is going to be looking at this film reel, then you're the projectionist sitting not in the audience but in the projection room. And he says when you are in the Akashic Record, you can go forward and back just like you would be able to on that reel and look at individual moments in history. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a beautiful idea.
1: That's very similar, though. I mean, if you believe that uh, all existence happened at once, you know, like, you know, with the snap of a finger. And uh, you, basically it would be the same as a wreck. In other words, it all happened at once. And when you see, you're actually seeing in It's kind of weird. How do you even say that? It's it almost like it, it's, you can see into the, the, the uh, like a fold where you can see into the future or see in the past. Like if uh, space was folded, or, or I'm not saying this very well, I know that, uh, but basically everything happened at once, so therefore you can, if if you fold or as an opening, you can actually see into the future or you can see into the past. So it, it, basically if you took a string and you marked different things and you, you pushed it together, you can see how that would work. So whatever.
0: Does that even make sense? <laughs> well, let's let's think of it like a tapestry, or maybe one of those uh, they call cycloramas. You go inside; it's a painting, and it's it's on all the walls—a mural on all the walls mm-hmm. of a building on the inside, and and maybe that's that's another comparison that one can make to the akashic record you are standing in there and you can see all things at once or whatever you're looking at mm-hmm. one of the uh, one of the mental science spin-offs was actually Mary Baker Eddy and her church of christ scientist mm-hmm. and I, we were talking about the akashic record and how to visualize that if if anyone ever goes to boston and is able to go to their their headquarters there where the Christian uh, science monitor is, there is a room that's... I, have you ever seen this before? It's made entirely of stained glass. It's a huge room, spherical in shape. You can walk out on a catwalk and you stand in the very center of this sphere and it's a map of the world. Mm-hmm. All of the all the countries are turned backwards, so... California is on the left, Florida is on the right, when you're looking at the United States. But it's on the inside of the sphere. And uh, the Christian scientists built this as a way to track their missionaries and see how the church's influence was progressing. Uh, But it's a beautiful place to visit and uh, maybe a good example or good representation of what you might be talking about with the
1: Akashic Record.
3: That's that's neat. Yeah, I love that. I I remember going there as a kid. Uh-huh. Being in there.
1: What, a couple of years ago?
3: Yeah. Just a yeah, couple years again. ago. That's what I figure.
1: See, I can be nice to you when I want to.
3: Oh, yeah, I know. Well, you can try real
1: hard. <laughs> Trust me it hurt. <laughs> it
3: did. Um one it of the doesn't. things that um that in this book, um now see I'm not you from where I'm I'm coming from, okay. I'm not psychic. I'm not clairvoyant.
1: Oh, I'm you're not, blonde. That explains I'm just
3: blonde. What? I'm not sensitive. So I'm reading this book, and it's just really intriguing me. And um, I know that a lot of people out there know a lot about these things, but I just don't. <laughs> so... You know, I'm reading it and I'm like I've got my little highlighter out and I'm highlighting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I did that
0: too. Don't so, worry. So, so, <laughs> so, so
3: it, it, I just I just think it's it's really intriguing and he talks about um how like when you're you're thinking something, you're trying to um, you know, do the whole telepathy thing or whatever, you're actually manifesting energy um and, and you're sending out these vibrations that are like disrupting other people's energy. Is that? Am I? Have I got that right?
0: That's that's yeah. That's a concept that Panchadasi is talking about in clairvoyance and occult powers. The, um, the idea, and I really worked with this a lot in the Mentalist Handbook. Uh, the idea is that there's this world that is. You can think of it as separate, but it 's really here where we all are now, and it 's a world that 's made up of thoughts and emotions and all the intangible things that you can 't really measure with scientific devices and This is a world that I called the ether in the mentalist handbook, and you might call it the astral plane or mm-hmm. or the mind or any of these things uh, and And one of the exercises I've got early on in the mentalist's handbook is this idea of a sculptor's studio, imagining that you are the sculptor in the sculptor's studio and everything around you is made out of clay. And so the room you're in, you just think of it as made out of clay. You know, where I am now, there's a table, there's a lamp, there's bookshelves. Well, if I'm on the astral plane or in the ether, then with my mind, I can melt that clay. And so all these things can be changed through the power of thought. And uh, it's not necessarily going to be a change that you can see or touch here, but when you can start to think of physical objects as being mutable, I think it really helps you get a lot of sense of... Self And self-confidence You don't feel powerless in front of everything that life throws your way. And then you realize, well, maybe what I can talk about with myself is can I have more control over my thoughts, my feelings? You know, can those be made of clay, too? And is it really up to me to have the confidence to go forward and to not be controlled by them but rather be the master of my own life?
3: Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a great... The clay is a great, great
1: so, analogy, I think, yeah. L- let me ask you this, Clint. I mean, this book, did you... I mean, it's 100 years old, the book, basically. I mm. mean, with, do you agree with everything that's in it? In other words, or, or, or has things changed in the 100 years that it, since it's been written?
0: I think the biggest change is, is the uh, provincialism that... Existed then. We just know so much more about the world. Uh, you know, I, I live in Berkeley, California. I'm surrounded by people from all walks of life, all stripes of belief, and I love it here. But the um, you know, just the exchange of ideas has really changed, and so you do get some passages in clairvoyance and occult powers where they do seem a bit. Uh, they exoticize some things, and uh, Mackinson tries to downplay that. Even though he's writing as Swami Panjadasi, on his first page he said, "I'm not going to be talking about Hinduism or or anything. I'm just going to be talking about the mind." But still, occasionally they do slip into these antiquated ways of talking about things, and I think that's changed. Uh, there's, of course, still prejudice and and misunderstanding in the world, but uh, but the book the book really. Does hold up, and uh, yeah, I think that all of the exercises can be adapted to today, and a lot of them can just be used as is.
3: Hmm. I know. It, so, easy. what? Okay. I, I'm just absorbing what he said.
1: <laughs> so, I mean. In using this, I mean, in rewriting this book, I mean, for instance, did you take some of the the uh, things like dealing with the the crystal wall and and actually try some of these exercises and so forth?
0: Okay, I didn't rewrite the book. I um, I, I like saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote the book. No, I didn't write the book either. (laughs) I wrote the Mentalist Handbook, and that was was based on a lifetime of curiosity and experimentation with the types of exercises that are in clairvoyance and occult powers. Uh, I have, at different times, tried nearly everything that's in these two books. And, uh, you know, you get different results from it. There were different times in my life. I think a lot of teenagers are interested in astral projection. You know, they want to see what's out there. I'm very interested in my mind. I I wish I wasn't here in this place. Maybe I can imagine myself somewhere else. And I certainly had those times when I was a teenager that I tried those things, too. And, you know, you do have results or not, and then you, you make up your mind from them. So... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a lifelong study for me. What I find most valuable, and I think that it's going to apply to the majority of readers, is how you can apply all of these what you think of as far-out ideas to everyday life. Like I was saying, a lot of it just comes down to strengthening your self-confidence. In fact, the last third of the book, Clairvoyance and Occult Powers, there's this abrupt shift in the writing style. We've been talking about ghost stories. We've been talking about crystal balls and so right. forth. But all of a sudden, uh, Atkinson takes mentalism straight to the boardroom. He says, do you really want to get what you want in life? Do you want to have a lot of money? Do you want to have good health? Do you want to have control over where your life goes? Well, you can use all these abilities that I'm telling you about to achieve those things. And, it, you know, without the first... Two thirds of the book to warm me up to the guy. I probably wouldn't have read the book, you know, if it huh. was just this business book. And, uh, right. But but coming from him at that point, you feel like he's more of a more of a gentle teacher. And uh, but I really did get the sense: wow, this guy. I wouldn't have wanted to face off with him in the boardroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so, Clint, do you do a lect- lecturing at all or anything like that? Lecturing? No, this is as close as it gets. <laughs> okay. no, I mean, you really seem like a fairly interesting person. And, uh, you know, I think people would love to hear more from you. Uh, so anyways, where, where can they get the books? Uh, I know they can get them on Amazon and uh, the, the regular ones. Do you have a website, for instance? That... yep, the, the books are
0: on Amazon. All the uh, bookstores will have the Mentalist Handbook and Clairvoyance and Occult Powers. I've had a website for about 15 years at Wonderella.org. That's my business, Wonderella Printed. And you can go there at W-O-N-D-E-R-E-L-L-A dot O-R-G. And all my books are listed there. I've also printed a lot of pamphlets and other things over the years uh, for people to investigate. You can request a free catalog. Also write in, ask me any questions. I always get back to people, even if it takes a little while.
1: I know what that's like, at least you get back to them <laughs> honestly god i i saw this uh they the, uh, I know we're just about out of time on this, but um on uh, t v they were talking about uh e- you know emails and so forth. Some people have like forty thousand in the inbox, and I thought because I had four thousand that I was really bad but uh it, it we, it's this phenomenon you know but the, the funny part about it is that uh, young people are getting away from email, and they're all texting now. So email will probably be obsolete. And, you know, that will be the next thing you'll be talking about, uh, contacting the dead through texting.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> when it happens, it will be another surge yeah. in psychic interest, I'm there sure. There you go. Right.
1: <laughs> Ghostly so, test- texting. So uh, anything you want to wrap up with, uh, Clint? <laughs> I'd really
0: just like to thank you both, Ron and Ann. Uh, this was a lot of fun, and I wanted to tell everybody, go out, check out these books, and uh, find what you can to apply to your life in them. Um, I think that they're both great reads.
1: Yeah, I, I, I have the uh, Boy and call Powers, and uh, I haven't read the whole thing, but I do want to get more into it, and I definitely want to get the uh, Mentalist, because that, that sounds really interesting. So, Clint, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show, and... Yeah. Yes, uh we wish you the best of luck and once again your website is Wonderella. <laughs> it's at wonderella.org. Thanks so much. Oh, Thank you're Clint.
3: welcome. Thank you.
1: Wow, he was good, huh?
3: Oh yes. It was he was great. And I I'm I am, and I'm not kidding. I'm really enjoying this book. I wish the print was just a little bit bigger, but I get out my big girl glasses. <laughs> but uh it's a great book. It's a great book and I'm gonna finish it.
1: All right, so anyways, we have another edition of that wonderful thing that everybody loves, Cemetery Tripping.
4: Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where each week I'll feature a different cemetery that I hope you will seek out and enjoy as much as I do. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for Cemetery Tripping. Today we are visiting Hill Cemetery in Woodstock, Connecticut, a picture-perfect New England cemetery located next to the First Congregational Church. While this looks like a seemingly innocuous cemetery, it contains two very unusual stones not normally seen out in the countryside. The first unusual stone is that of Dorothy Leonard, wife of the Reverend Leonard. Despite her death in 1765, well into the Age of Reason period, which ran 1680 to 1780, this marker is adorned with a mix of the symbols popular during the Puritan period, 1640 to 1720, namely numerous grinning macabre skulls and crossbones, while at the same time we have a cherubic soul effigy typical of the Age of Reason. Another rare stone, not generally found in New England, is that of Abigail Payne, who died in 1752. Her stone has a clock set at 6 o'clock, as well as the Puritan symbols of the sexton's tools, a shovel and pick, and crossbones. The hands are set at 6 o'clock to show the rebirth and resurrection for 6 a.m. or the end of life for 6 p.m. Clocks are symbolic of silence, absence, and finality as well as representative of the changes in human life. The only other stone I have found with this same carving is in Deerfield Cemetery in Massachusetts. Hill Cemetery is a small rural cemetery in the hills of northern Connecticut and would make an enjoyable day trip on a Sunday afternoon by car or motorcycle. Just set your GPS for 543 Route 169, Woodstock, Connecticut, and go. And you can visit the Vanilla Bean Cafe right down the road while you're there a favorite lunch stop of this cemetery tripper.
1: Okay, woohoo! So, what are we plugging restaurants now?
3: Yeah. Next, I'll be doing restaurant reviews. What's up with that? <laughs> uh, I had to throw it in. It's an awesome place, and if you, it's like literally, you know, just down the street. So, you know, you get hungry when you're cemetery tripping, and you know, you have to find these places.
1: So, wait a minute. What, what do you? What do you actually? I know we're just about out of time, but what do you? What do you – what's the word I'm looking for? What the hell is cemetery tripping exactly?
3: What's my criteria? Is that what you're – What is it?
1: I mean, what do you consider cemetery tripping?
3: um, Oh, thank you, Leslie. She says I have a great radio voice. (gasps) Oh, thanks, Dickie. He says that that I do, too. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, folks. I'm looking at the chat room. uh, Is that the
1: the only compliment you get?
3: uh, Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: Go ahead. Move but,
3: along. No, when I, I – the reason that I choose the cemeteries I choose is because of what's in them. Like, I could drive Dead by – Dead bodies? What do you mean? Well, I could drive by the the most humongous cemetery you have ever seen. And if it's a new cemetery, it holds zero interest for me. I like the old. I like the symbols. I like statuary. Um, so that, you like the that, monuments? Yep. I love, the, I love the monuments. But um, that's that's my criteria for going cemetery tripping. And we have okay. heartbeats. We have heartbeats, so we got to go.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, I do want to have one thing. Is, is uh, uh, Next Tuesday is my paranormal study group, and we're going to have uh, Byron Jackson uh, via Skype. It's uh, at, at the Circles of Wisdom next Tuesday. And uh, I guess that's it. All right. And, oh, wait whatever.
3: (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thank
1: you Yeah, good night. God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night,
0: deliver us, good Lord.